A text that calls for our attention on this Holy Trinity Sunday is from John chapter 3, and especially these words. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today, I must make a confession to you, my congregation. As you know, I spent eight years of college and seminary studying for the ministry. In those years and in the years since, I have studied theology and the history of theology. I've studied the books of the Bible. I've studied our own Lutheran confessions. While reading is never really a favorite pastime of mine, I've made it through many pages of other writings about the scriptures and theology throughout the years. Back in my seminary days, I was even given an award given to only two students, and the award was for understanding the theology of the church well. So what's my confession today? Well, put quite simply, I don't understand baptism. I don't understand the Lord's Supper, and most of all, on this Trinity Sunday, I must admit that I do not understand the Holy Trinity. Yes, after eight years of education and 16 years in the ministry, I still do not understand these things. I can just imagine the table discussions that might happen after lunch today. Did Pastor really say that he didn't understand baptism or the Lord's Supper or the Trinity? The youth at the table would surely jump in and say, See, that's why I don't need to go to confirmation. Perhaps a longtime member might suggest that somebody should casually slip a catechism onto the pastor's desk for perusal. I mean, if pastor does not understand these most basic things about the faith, what will we do about our deep and intense questions? Well, before the council meets after church to talk about my future here, listen first in on a conversation. A conversation that was held under the cover of night between a great prophet and an influential councilman. As I mentioned, this scene began long after the sun had taken its rest for the night. The great prophet that I mentioned had spread his teachings very openly every day. And yet this member of the Jewish council came to him under the cover of darkness. He greeted the great prophet first with much flattery. After all, he had heard how this man had changed water into wine. He had heard how he taught with authority, how he healed people everywhere he went. But rather than this prophet discussing all of the accolades he had and all of the miracles that he had done, this prophet instead wanted to talk to Nicodemus about what it meant to be truly alive. 
And what he said on the face value was indeed very odd. He told Nicodemus, you must be born again. This phrase caused bewilderment to be written all over the councilman's face. The prophet's eyes, perceiving this confusion, decided to speak in a different way. He told this councilman to think about the wind. He said, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. I imagine with that, the bewilderment on the man's face only grew in measure. What was this new birth that Jesus was speaking about? Nicodemus surely thought himself wise in the ways of God and for good reason. But he simply could not perceive what Jesus had said. And what was all this talk about the wind? After all, Nicodemus had to admit that the wind was a rather mysterious force. Nicodemus had no idea why it, or where it was that the wind came from or where it was that the wind went either. And that still remains true. Wind is something that does always capture your attention pretty quickly. You feel it go through your hair. You hear it in the trees. You know it's awesome power when it moves with force. But as for where it comes from and where it goes, well, there we are often at a loss. Anybody that's ever tried to simply fly a kite knows that it is often hard to gauge just what the wind is doing. And so if Jesus, the great prophet, says that this rebirth, this being born again, is like the wind, well, then perhaps we don't understand it either. It's most likely, from church history we are told, that Nicodemus, of course, was baptized sometime later. No doubt most of us gathered here today have been baptism, baptized. And so it's not that we don't know anything about baptism. In fact, Holy Scripture teaches us quite a bit about it. It reveals to us that it involves the application of water. It is to be done in the triune God's name. It offers forgiveness of sins. It grants the Holy Spirit. And it gives us freedom from the bondage of sin so that we might live in and for Jesus. So what's not to understand? Well, how exactly is it that water and words can transfer a person from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light? How is it that water and words can assure one a place in heaven and a purpose right now? For these things, we must admit that we simply do not understand. But should that stifle our belief that all of this occurs? Well, no, not for a second. We don't need a scientific study to come in and convince us that somehow some molecular change happens in our body when we are baptized. And this is true of all of God's mysteries. We don't need a test to show us that the body and blood of Christ reside in the supper 
when we celebrate that meal. We don't need a detailed diagram to believe that while God is one, as Deuteronomy says, that he is also three persons, which the whole of scriptures testifies to. You see, ours ultimately is not to understand. It is instead to believe. For as Jesus said, if we can't understand earthly things like the wind, how is it that we could possibly understand the ways in which God works his wondrous miracles in things like baptism and the Lord's Supper? How are we to understand the very way he operates within himself as the Holy Trinity? No, God has not left us in the dark. He has revealed to us exactly what we need to know about all of these things. We know that when a child or an adult comes to the font, they are born again. We know that when we approach the altar on Communion Sundays, that the body and blood of Jesus will forgive us of all of our sins. We know that God is one and yet is three persons. No, God has not left us in the dark. He has revealed to us everything we need to know. And chief among the things we need to know, we find at the end of our gospel reading for today. There we are told again that Jesus Christ was sent into the world in order that we might not perish but have eternal life. Once again, we probably don't understand exactly how it is that Jesus dying on the cross in Jerusalem delivers to each of us our salvation today. But we hold it dearly as truth. Oh, I suppose Nicodemus surely started to understand all of this when he would later bring spices to embalm the crucified Lord on Good Friday. But I suppose it wasn't at least till Easter Sunday or maybe even later after the Holy Spirit had fallen on the church that Nicodemus finally began to understand how it was that this man whose dead body he had carried off the cross was the one who could deliver to him the new birth he needed. Well, probably understood, again, it's an overstatement. But surely when Nicodemus heard that news on Easter day, and received the Holy Spirit, he began to believe exactly what he needed to know. He began to believe that everything he had learned under the cover of darkness in those conversations with Jesus was absolutely true. Yes, we are called not to fully understand, but to believe. But yes, I will still in future years ask the confirmands, to memorize the parts of the catechism. I will still ask you to confess your belief in the real presence of Christ in the supper. And today, in just a few moments, we'll do what everyone loves about Holy Trinity Sunday. We'll confess that Athanasian Creed, which teaches us about the Trinity. And why will we do this? Well, because that which God reveals is our very life. I don't expect you to understand the heavenly ways that God does all of these things. Instead, you are expected simply to listen to God and to believe his word. I, as your pastor, will seek to continue to preach and teach to you 
the things that are revealed by God, while at the same time always admitting that God's ways are higher than ours and that I will never fully understand how it all works. So it's not just me today making a confession. No, we simply do not understand baptism. We don't understand the Lord's Supper, and most of all on this Trinity Sunday, we must admit that we do not understand the Trinity. But we believe in them, because God has revealed to us that they are true. And if we believe in them, we understand that we receive all the various gifts of God that Jesus has won for us. If you want to suggest that you truly understand everything about our faith, and how God works, well, I would say today would be a good day to go stand outside in the wind for a while, gather people around and give them a nice speech about exactly how it is that the wind works, where it comes from and where it goes to. Prove just how wise you are. Either that or simply humble yourself before the Lord here today. Admit that the wind and God's ways are beyond your comprehension. Admit it new that he is God and that you are not. For then you will be exalted by Jesus and his forgiveness. And if you're exalted by Jesus, well then you have the peace of God. That peace of God that passes all understanding. For you will know that you will not perish, but have eternal life. Amen.